Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. When it comes to running your bridal business, we wear a lot of hats as hairstylists and makeup artists. Not only are we running the back end with the business, but we're out there working with the clients and doing the physical services. Now, have you ever heard of something called a chief happiness officer? Maybe it's time you think about investing in one for your business. Today's guest is Laura Henderson, a makeup artist and hairstylist from the East Coast, moved out to Arizona, but she has one in her business and she is a customer service virtual assistant that helps Laura run her business effectively while managing her time effectively with her family as well. So join me and Laura today as we discuss exactly how a virtual assistant, chief happiness officer, uh, administrative assistant, whatever you want to call them, what they can do for your business and exactly how much money they can save you by hiring one. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for joining me today on the podcast. It's wonderful to have you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, So today we are going to be talking about your um, administrative assistant that you have for your uh, bridal hair and makeup business, and you call her your chief happiness officer, which I love, by the way, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, But first, I would love to have you kind of take a few seconds to uh, introduce yourself to everybody that's listening, who you are, what you do, um, and where they can find you online. Yeah, so my name is Laura. I am the owner of Laura Henderson Makeup. Um, I do hair and makeup for bridal. I have specialized in bridal for about seven years now, um, about Mm -hmm. seven and a half. And so I've been very fortunate. Um, My experience in the bridal industry has been so positive. I've been able to get connected with really amazing people um, like yourself uh, who have really helped (laughs) grow my business and helped me um, to grow personally as a business owner. Mm -hmm. Um, I just moved to Arizona. I was originally in Virginia. And so that's been a big shift. Um, But I'm still in love with the wedding industry, um, even after just the craziness of 2020 and 2021. Um, It's still got a soft spot in my heart. So I I love everything bridal. I love being a business owner um, as well as being the artist. Yeah, I feel you. I've tried to walk away from bridal so many times where I'm like, I want my weekends back. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, okay, I have 20 weddings booked for this year. It happens so quickly. Like, what (laughs) What happened? Yeah, it happens so fast where I go through the same emotions where it's like, you know what? 
it's not worth it anymore. And then all of a sudden I'm fully booked. I'm like, well, yeah. here we yep. go again. <laughs> I know. Every time I tell people, I'm like, that's it. Next year is my last year. And they're just like, uh-huh, sure, whatever. I'll believe it when I see it. I've retired once, but it like it literally lasted for about two years, um, if even that. It was long enough for me to try and start like a mommy blog and then realize, never mind. I don't <laughs> like doing this either. Uh, and then I went back to hair school and was like, well, I'll just do hair in a salon. And then I was like, nah, you know, I'll just do hair for weddings. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's just something Sucks about me weddings. Back in every time. Yep, something about them. Yeah. So today, our topic, your chief happiness officer. I love the idea. I love the concept. And I think this is something that can really help a lot of people in the, the bridal industry um, kind of springboard their business forward. But first, tell me, where did you come up with the name? Because I love it. It's adorable. So often you hear people talking about their virtual assistants or their back office assistants. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I wanted Heather... Um, the person who I had hired to be mm -hmm. more of an integral part of my business. Uh -huh. I wanted my clients to know her. I wanted um, her to be part of the face of my business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I needed to come up with something more clever than just my assistant. Uh -huh. um, and so I started to think about what she was for my business. And she really was that front person that communicates with my clients. Um, and so she was in charge of client satisfaction, essentially. Okay. And so me as the CEO of the company um, in corporate world, um, mm -hmm. I wanted something similar to that. And so for her, um, chief happiness officer just kind of came naturally. And I thought it was cute and it was catchy. Um, and that's really what she was for me. She was in charge of making sure that my clients were happy and that they were left with a great experience. Well, it's adorable, and I think it's very catchy, and I would not be surprised if it really starts to catch on, and a lot of people start calling their assistants their chief happiness officer. Or, like, <laughs> making up a chief happiness officer, and they'll be like, this is my CHO, Jennifer, and it's really just them. Like, you know, like, I think it's – I could see people doing that because I think um, – it's adorable. And I, I love how it uh, feels from a client perspective that you are taking the time out, not just to manage all these things, which, you know, as business people, we understand what her role really is uh, mm -hmm. with helping us. Um, but it's it comes from a standpoint of here chief happiness officer, your happiness. It's going to obviously lead to our happiness because it's less work for us. But, you know, from a client <laughs> perspective, they're going to be like, well, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. She really cares about my happiness, not just on the day of doing my hair or makeup, but like throughout the entire process. She has a whole, you know, employee dedicated to my happiness. So exactly very, yep. very good on you girl I like it <laughs> well thank you thank you yeah and <laughs> we'll talk about this more I'm sure but uh -huh. I think just the client experience overall um that was one of the reasons why I had went ahead and hired a virtual assistant um mm -hmm. was to really um help boost that I think the the clients I was trying to attract and this is something that you know your course really goes into is finding your ideal client Mm -hmm. um, that was something that I was trying to improve on and do better. I'm always looking for ways that I can improve my business. Um, and the clients that I was trying to attract, I really wanted to be able to create more of a um, high-level experience for them. I mm -hmm. wanted them to – I wasn't going for full luxury, um, but uh -huh. more of like that Kate Spade client where yeah. they – 
they like um, quality items. They like quality mm-hmm. service. And so for me, I was starting to feel like I wasn't able to provide that. Plus, you know, doing actually going on location for weddings, plus doing all of my back end work, plus doing my marketing, plus working full time, plus being in a relationship, plus being a stepmom, plus, you know, it just started to really add up. Exactly. And so for me, it was really important that my, my clients had that great experience. And so that was ultimately what led to me hiring Heather. Um, but yeah, I think if you're able to create a, a positive experience for your client, mm-hmm. you could, <laughs> as awful as it sounds, and obviously this isn't the experience that they get, but you could kind of mess up a little bit, but because they have uh-huh. such a, that positive experience from start to finish mm-hmm. those little tiny mess ups that you might do throughout the process because we work with our clients you know sometimes more than a year in advance of their wedding oh um, especially after 2020 some of us have been going on for like two or three years oh my now. gosh I know <laughs> I know I was like oh my gosh I just finished a 2019 client yeah um, me too that was my last one from in October yeah, a 2019 client. I'm like, how did we get here? <laughs> I know it is so wild. Um, so yeah, I think that if you can give that positive experience from start to end, the client won't focus so much on the little things that might go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But that was a huge, huge focus for me was just making sure that my clients were taken care of, so I could focus on building um, yeah. and growing and adjusting to the new, new focus client that I had. Uh-huh. And I think it's important to kind of point out that, you know, like you had said, so you could also balance doing these other things. You know, you work full time, you know, you're in a relationship, you know, you became a stepmom. Like there's all these other little things that are going on in our life and we can't just kind of forget about those things or tune them out because they're still an integral part and an important part of of who we are and what we're doing. And so I think that if we are able to bring on somebody to help mitigate all of that, you know, so it's not pulling us in so many different directions. So they can focus on the client experience through the administrative side of things. And we can focus on the client experience on the wedding day. So we can, you know, arrive fully, you know, ready to go and happy and we're not exhausted and stressed and, you know, pulled in a million different directions. We've been able to kind of take all these different things and be like, all right, here's how I'm going to prioritize that you handle their experience leading up to things. Um, And then she's still, you know, a part of your business. It's not just like, oh yeah, here's somebody who's answering my emails for me because I'm too busy, you know, doing other things. So I think, again, going back to how you named everything kind of takes the focus um, off of, you know, you being too busy or overworked or whatever, you know, they're like, okay, they don't even know. They just know, what they're getting out of it. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So how did you find Heather? So I was very fortunate. Heather was actually a previous bride of mine. Um, her wedding was about five years ago, and she had reached out to me um, right at the end of 2019 mm-hmm. and had told me that she was starting um, this new venture as a virtual assistant um, and that she had remembered really enjoying working with me for her wedding. Mm -hmm. And she was thinking that she wanted to gear her services towards the wedding industry. 
mm-hmm. um, and was just wondering if I was in need of anybody. And at that time, I had very seriously been looking at hiring someone. I was just kind of at that burnt out time where I knew that if I didn't get help, I wasn't going to be able to grow. Because um, mm-hmm. I was really, I mean, it was, you know, just constant emails and timelines and contracts and um, yeah. all of that stuff. And so when you start to look at the logistics of it with the numbers, um, you know, hiring an assistant is not a cheap thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a business owner, you got to take a step back and really look at your numbers, look at, okay, if I were to bring her on, this is an investment for my business. Um, and you know, look at your pricing, how many weddings is it going to take per month for me to cover her services? Um, and so when I stepped back and I looked at those numbers, it made sense, um, for me to go ahead and move forward. And so she, I mean, and that really goes back to speak on relationship building with Mm -hmm. your clients. Um, she was somebody that I had remembered really enjoying working with. Um, I used to take photos with my brides on their wedding days and of course they're all done up beautifully and then I'm looking haggard, but, um, (laughs) so I had a picture with her on her wedding day and it was one of those things where it was just really special. I remembered her, um, communication style was very similar to mine, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is another really important thing when you're looking at hiring out your communication to your clients, um, that, you get somebody who speaks similarly to you, who um, can create a positive email. Because I, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, and I've had brides tell me this before, that they ended up going with me because my emails were so positive and just mm-hmm. helpful. And it wasn't, you know, a three-word response or yeah, just kind of like I go into, I might go into a little bit too much of detail in my emails, but I would rather have my brides have the information that they need and maybe even a little bit more than me just uh-huh. give a short response and them not get what they need out of it. I'm the same way. Sometimes, you know, like Giselle, she'll she'll look at some of my stuff and she'll just be like, nobody reads that much. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's there <laughs> if they want to, okay? Like they're exactly. a fucking adult. They had the information. Like, that's that. Yes. Yeah. So I remembered Heather just being that type of a person. Um, uh-huh. So I was so excited to bring her on. But at the same time, it's also really scary because when you have had total control over your business for so long, um, at that point, I had been in business for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to let go of those reins and to allow somebody else, especially when it's customer facing, mm-hmm. um, to kind of take the reins and and go with it. Um, so of course I, I kept a close eye on things, especially at first. Um, but that was also right when we were coming into COVID and it was kind of a sink or swim situation where she started February of 2020 and then fit hit the shan. Oh my God. So, um, yeah, it was a little crazy, but thankfully we had already had that relationship built ahead of time Mm -hmm. where I trusted her. She knew who I was as, a business owner and you know at that point somewhat as a person I think we had built a little bit of a relationship there mm-hmm. um and so we were able to kind of work through the the chaos of COVID as a team knowing mm-hmm. that we were both on the same side we both had the same goal um but yeah that was a wild ride for sure that's awesome so you mentioned you know that it's 
an investment in your business, what does like that pay structure look like that you have for you? Do you pay her by the task, by hour? How did you guys kind of figure out what was going to work well for you so that other people can start looking at their numbers? Because I, I love that you mentioned that because that's so important. Some people just kind of dive into things and they don't actually think, well, okay, how am I going to structure this? Or they'll just see a number and they'll freak out and be like, oh my God, I can't do that. And they don't take a look at their numbers and be like, well, actually I can do that if I do this. So how did you guys come about that? So with Heather, because she was approaching this as this is going to be a career path for her, she had done um, some work ahead of time with coming up um, with her own rates and how she Mm, wanted mm -hmm. to structure her business. And so I was hiring her as an independent contractor and she already had all of her own stuff set up. So I signed her contract to hire her. Um, So for her, she did hourly, Mm -hmm. but she had packages that she offered. So some were, um, I think she had a five hour per week package. She had like a 10 hour per week package or Mm -hmm. a 25 hour per week package. And so it really just depended on what your needs were. For me, mm-hmm. I really only needed about five hours a week because I had already in my workflow set up um, pre-written emails and mm-hmm. the structure of how a timeline looks. And, you know, I had kind of already had all of that ready to go for her. And so her mm-hmm. responses didn't take very long. Um, and so I didn't need more than five hours a week for the most part. Um so that worked out well for me. And, you know, some some weeks I used slightly more, some weeks a little less. So we were able to work out, you know, if I used less one week, then she could just kind of buffer in the hours there. Um, but okay. yeah, she came up with it all on her own. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Not all of us are that lucky, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably have to come up with something, but I like how she had it structured. So thank you so much for sharing that with us because I think it it would be great to kind of look at something like that and kind of be like, all right, so let's set this up uh, by packages mm-hmm. um, and kind of be able to kind of flow like that. Um, and it was really I- helpful that way too because if there was something that I needed help on that was kind of outside of the regular – answering emails, Mm -hmm. answering inquiries, following up. Um, She had, on the weeks where she had some extra time, so specifically in the wintertime or when everything had just shut down from COVID, she had really tackled Pinterest for me, which is not Mm -hmm. something that I had really focused on at all. And she was able to get a pretty good growth out of that. But because it was just an hourly thing, Mm-hmm. I wasn't tied to specific tasks that I had hired her to do. So she Got was able it. to use that yeah. time to to grow other areas that she had uh-huh. trained on and she specifically was knowledgeable on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was also really helpful. And one of the reasons that I really liked having an hourly rate versus a task-based rate. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I like how it was able to be flexible because um, – that sounds really, really cool that she was able to take skills that she was good at when it came to, you know, business and things like that to help you grow your business through Pinterest and through other things that you maybe, you know, hadn't really thought of before. So that's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, um, how do you guys 
keep in communication and like keep up with those tasks? Um, does she have access to all of your, your business things or do you use some type of um, program or app that she logs into? How does that, how does that actually work? So I had set her up as an admin in my HoneyBook account. Okay. And when you do that, they have access to, I would have to assign her, if I were to get an inquiry, um, Mm -hmm. I would have to assign her to the project. But once she's assigned, she can send contracts. She has full communication with my clients. Um, She, I mean, she basically has every control that I have. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just me starting the the process with assigning her to the project. Mm -hmm. Um. Which was extremely helpful because then we would in, uh, I mean, you're familiar with HoneyBook, but for anybody who's not within HoneyBook, um, you have your main project and then you can create a team workspace within the Mm -hmm. projects. And so that's an area where I could just talk with her and her only, but it would stay within the project. So we were able to keep it organized. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was extremely helpful with being able to go back. You can see if the person has read it. So if there was kind of a time-sensitive thing Mm -hmm. and I would emailed her, but she wasn't online yet, I would just go in and email the client. I really tried not to do that too much because I wanted Heather to be that go-to contact for my clients. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to get confusing on who they were talking to. Um, But I was able to do that if I needed to, if I had seen that she hadn't even read it yet. I could mm-hmm. go in and just take care of it really quick. Um, and so it really was like a, a partnership there. Um, but I I mean, I've looked at like Trello. I think that would be a great way to keep tasks organized if you're trying mm-hmm. to um, – because sometimes I think even with like Gmail, things mm-hmm. can easily start to get lost in your inbox. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think something like Trello would be awesome to be Mm -hmm. able to kind of organize your tasks that way. But we just did HoneyBook and Gmail and it worked out fine for what we did. But I think especially once you start to build a team um, or you have more people involved, that would be something that I would have looked into for sure. Yeah. And I love HoneyBook and I think it was probably actually you who taught me about the the workspaces Mm because I hadn't even known those existed and you had mentioned it to me one time and I was like, hold on, wait a second. (laughs) What is this incredible thing that you are just now teaching me? And um, it's actually something that I teach. I have a HoneyBook training for hairstylists and for makeup artists where I walk them through like literally how to set up their HoneyBook, how I run it for my business. And I teach them the vendor workspaces um but it's right in that same spot where you can do you know team workspaces so for people who run teams too that team member workspace to assign them to a wedding um you know probably it would make more sense to do it like right beforehand so they're not necessarily sitting there and communicating with the bride until you know like a week of type of thing you can assign them in at a later point um yep. But yeah, the workspaces thing, it was such a game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, really helpful for us. Um, I think one of the things that we did get hung up on, and for anybody looking to join HoneyBook, um, one of the things that we struggled with a little bit was if a client responds directly to, if they open that message in Gmail Mm -hmm. and they respond to the message within Gmail, that message only goes to the person who had sent the email, not the whole team. And gotcha. so 
that was one thing. And, you know, if you're looking at hiring an assistant, I would probably go to Trello just to make sure that mm-hmm. you're on the same page with what you need done. Yeah. Um, or I, you had mentioned a couple of other systems that you had liked. Um, um, yeah, there's like Asana and Slack. Those are, you know, good for team members and like, you know, teleworking, you know, because so many people telework now. I think the the industry and you know, these programs um, have been able to really keep up with the demands of people being all in different spaces. Um, and so I know that those programs are really great for multiple people being able to log in and see projects and being able to see you know, what needs to be done, what has been done, being able to quickly access links to files and things like that. Um, I use Trello a lot in my business to keep myself organized. Like Mm -hmm. I have a whole Trello thing for this whole podcast with like every guest, like I have, you know, one whole thing of, you know, all these people who I want to reach out to and then I can go in there and I can leave myself notes and I can scroll back through and just be like, okay, I contacted them on this date. And then I can, once they become somebody on the podcast, I have a whole little checklist and I just create templates for each episode and for each person. So that way I can just, you know, it's the exact same process every single time. I just add the person's name and be like, okay, so I've sent them this information. I've sent them this, um, you know, the, this is our recording date. Here's, you know, where I keep all of the links for afterwards. So if six months down the line, you know, you were to be like, Hey, what is the direct link to our episode? I can go back into that little card inside of Trello and, you know, find your name or find that episode and be like, okay, here it is. It's all stored there for me. And I can, if I had an assistant who was managing my guests for the podcast, like, you know, in a year or so, maybe this thing will blow up for me and I'll need an assistant for this side of my business, which would be awesome. Fingers crossed. Um, But I could be like, all right, you know, here's all of these things they can go in and they can have access to all of that too. So um, yeah, that sounds extremely convenient. Yeah. Trello is great. I haven't really worked in Asana and Slack. Um, I've checked them out just a little bit, but I hear a lot of people um, talk about how good they are for when you have a team mm-hmm. um, because you and Heather don't live together or in, near each other we don't. anymore. So <laughs> no. uh, you're, you're out in Arizona now. And I'm assuming if she was a bride of yours that she's somewhere here, either in DC, Virginia, or Maryland. So well, that's not- one of the great things about virtual assistants. So uh-huh. Heather, she had lived in Virginia for a really long time. And then partway through our contract, she moved down to the Carolinas. And so uh-huh. even with that move, it's seamless to your brides. They have no idea. Um, and so that's one of the other things that I just really loved about the idea of a virtual assistant versus having Mm -hmm. somebody that has to come into my office and sit with me and do things is we can work from anywhere and our clients will never know. Yeah. I used to have a team of artists and one of our junior artists became, you know, an office manager because things just grew so quickly. I wasn't able to keep up with things. And so it was one of our junior hairstylists and we were training her. She was only an assistant for wedding days. Like she wasn't allowed to do hair because she was basically like just out of school. And we Mm -hmm. were like, okay, you know, you have to go through like six months of our apprenticeship program, basically, where you come to all the weddings, you know, you help us set up, you curl and prep hair, you, you know, push bobby pins back in place and do touch-ups and all those little kind of 
menial style tasks to help us work a little bit more efficiently. And she was like, hey, you know, I need more money. Like, you know, if I'm going to not be working in a salon and working for you guys, but I'm not getting paid per head, Mm -hmm. is there something else that we can do? And I was like, well, you know what, actually, you can help me with writing out all of these schedules with helping to communicate with brides to schedule their trials and stuff. Because we had a whole team, we had like seven artists and managing who was coming into the studio at what time, with which brides, I was like, it was just getting too much. Uh, But I, there was, there was really no like telework, virtual assistant kind of software at that time, because this was like 10 years ago now. And so she had to come to my house every day and sit there in my office. And I like went to Ikea and I got her her own like little tiny desk and she had her (laughs) laptop and like literally we talked over to each other and I would give her tasks and stuff like that. Man, I could imagine what my business would be like today if I had access to all of this technology. Mm -hmm. Maybe I wouldn't have been like, fuck this. I'm not doing a team anymore. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. I had, um, before the move to Arizona, I had started the process of building a team. And Uh man, that is a, that's a lot of work. A lot of work. It was so so much work. I grew so fast that um, I took on a business partner and then that like leapfrogged us forward. And then we started bringing on additional people. And it just like in the course of 12 months, I went from working by myself to having a team of seven people with a business partner. (laughs) And it it lasted for about a year after that before my husband and I were talking about going into therapy to try and save our marriage. And my kids were crying themselves to sleep at night because they never saw me during the day. I would like literally get up with them in the morning and work all day in my office and then they would come downstairs and they'd be like mommy it's time for me to go to bed good night and I'd be like oh my god it's like nine o'clock already and then I'd be on my computer still for another hour my husband and I were spending time together I was constantly on my phone trying to respond to clients trying to manage people's schedules who's booked for which what like it was it was too much I didn't have any organization to my Mm -hmm. business and like workflows and like all these tools and these systems, I didn't have those in place. I didn't develop those first. Yeah. I I was too scared of turning away business. So I just decided, well, I'm just going to bring on a team and then I can take more weddings. And it was just like, hi, that actually just means more work. Yeah. You need to have a business structure first and then you need to have the ability to be like, okay, who's going to really be in charge of what? Who's going to do what? We can't. We can't do all the things and actually do weddings. We have to we have to have some kind of balance there. So Yeah, if you don't have that solid foundation before you grow, you're just gonna set yourself up for failure and mm-hmm. burnout. And like you just said, family starts to feel the effects of it and mm-hmm. it it gets to be so much so fast. So I mean, I've used HoneyBook man, six years almost immediately after I started my business is when I started mm-hmm. using it. And that in and of itself was such a huge oh, time God, saver yeah. and it kept me organized. It kept my workflow was seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think having that ahead of hiring somebody to come in, it, it helped her integrate so quickly 
mm-hmm. um, which I think, you know, I mentioned before, she came in right as <laughs> everything was falling apart in 2020. Yeah, she got and thrown in the deep end. <laughs> she really did. She took it like a champ. But yeah, yeah, she really got hit hard with like the mass number of emails of, well, we're looking at moving our wedding and what do we do? And um, if I didn't have her through that, I think of, I would have actually had a mental breakdown. So mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that she was there for that. But because I had already had everything set up and I had my workflows solid, um, mm-hmm. it just made everything so much easier. Yeah. It made, HoneyBook made things a hundred times easier for me managing everything through COVID because yeah. I literally had each person, like each wedding you know, it has like its own file. Like I call HoneyBook, it's like a filing cabinet and each bride is its own little folder, yes. you know, and like literally everything needed for that wedding is all in that one little place. So I can click on that bride's name and everything I need, all of our communications, all of her contracts, all of her invoices, like literally everything is all right there for me. And I think I probably would have lost my fucking mind if I had to go back through Gmail and like type in her name and scroll through and read 80 emails yes. to be like, what was our conversation about? What did we decide? Has she found a new venue? You know, as soon as she updated things, you know, I had to update the contract and that meant, you know, updating things in HoneyBook. So it was like, okay, here's her location. Here's her timing. It's already there for me. And I don't have to worry about having paper things written down. I don't have to worry about you know, a, a paper calendar or planner or anything anymore. Like literally everything is in HoneyBook and then it syncs up with my Google calendar. So, you know, on the wedding of, or excuse me, on the morning of a wedding, I could literally click open my Google calendar and it's like, here's your booking for the day. Here's your timing. You know, here's when you need to be there. Here's the address. Yeah. And then that also connects to Waze. And so I could just literally click on the address, pull up Waze and be off, you know? So it it was like, that was a lifesaver to be able to keep everything so organized. Yeah. Um, Yep. I would say the two things that I'm most passionate about besides hair and makeup in my business is the virtual assistant and HoneyBook. mm -hmm. Those are the two things I talk about the most. And they both were such a huge, huge help in my business. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that in, that investment, because it is an investment for HoneyBook too. HoneyBook's not cheap. Yeah. But again, as a business owner, you really got to look at the numbers and mm-hmm. what what you're going to get out of it in return. Um, HoneyBook was a huge headache saver for me. It mm-hmm. it kept me from stressing about double booking on dates. Um, yes. And then I've everything seen so that you many people run said. into that this year. Oh, yeah. This year's just been a train wreck. It's been <laughs> such a hot mess on every yeah. turn. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in that aspect with HoneyBook, that was well worth the money. And then with hiring a virtual assistant, being able to, once I had that um, established workflow and everything organized, being able to then grow and mm-hmm. hire this person who's going to give me the mental space to be able to do that, huge it was yeah. completely a game changer for my business in both aspects. Well, I think also too, if you like break down the numbers and you say, all right, and this is one of the things that I kind of teach inside my course when it comes to pricing, it's not just like take a look at your target market or, you know, the demographics of your area and what other people are charging and figure out where you fit in. It's also how much time do you physically spend working per wedding? 
how many hours and then you take what your average booking is and you break that down by that number of hours and that's how much you're making per hour Mm -hmm. and so if you look at it that way it's like okay if i was spending less hours doing that same wedding you don't even have to increase your rates if you can just save yourself a few hours of time if you save yourself two hours per wedding you know, now instead of it being like seven hours that you spend on each wedding for, say, you bring in $700, you know, it's not $100 an hour anymore. It's 700 divided by five, you Mm -hmm. know, so it's like you're now giving yourself an hourly increase and you can take that and you can offset that and be like, okay, two hours worth, what's the amount that I make in that time? I can, you know, allocate that towards paying an assistant. You haven't raised your rates. You haven't like restructured anything. You're not focusing on booking more weddings or booking bigger weddings. Like you're immediately paying for somebody because that's two hours of your time that you are giving to them for the same amount of money. And I don't think people necessarily look at structuring payments and things like that. They're just like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's going to be cost me so much. And it's like in a honey book, even though it's expensive, you're saving hours and hours and hours every year. It pays for itself immediately just by giving you those hours back. And then you can focus on, okay, well now I have all this free time. I can now book more weddings. I can Mm -hmm. now take, you know, Friday weddings or Monday weddings or Sunday weddings or whatever it is, because you're working less hours per week on administrative tasks, you have those hours back. You can turn around and you can choose to take on more weddings because your your energy and your focus is really on those five or six hours on the wedding day kind yeah. of thing. So working more weddings doesn't necessarily become more overwhelming and doesn't necessarily lead to more burnout because you're not having to do all those other things that are associated with it. You're, you're offsetting that to someone else. So you, you can instantly start making way more money, um, by actually paying somebody to do these other things for you. Yeah. And for me, so when I, when I get super stressed out, my anxiety shoots through the roof. And when that happens, my brain just kind of cripples. It, Mm-hmm. I have such a hard time getting myself to start tasks when my anxiety gets bad. Oh, and so both. Yeah. And so I, that was a big push also for me to hire an assistant um, was because I felt like, you know, if I'm going to be giving this level of um, service to my brides, that can't happen. Like I, mm-hmm. that you have to be on it. And I think Going through um, all of the shutdowns that happened, Mm -hmm. that is a very stressful uh, thing for a business owner. And having Heather there to continue to push through, continue to answer questions from brides as I tried to work through the back end of things of like, what the heck am I going to do? I just hired this assistant that I'm paying quite a bit of money to every month. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to afford to keep her on? She's a priority to me. She's important to me. I need to be able to pay her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that there was going to be a bounce back from COVID. Um, and yeah. I, I knew that it was going to be a big one. And so I just had that mentality of I've got to figure out how I'm going to do this 
you know, at least for a few months, nobody knew how long it was going to actually be that we had shutdowns. Nobody thought we'd still be in this. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, from the business aspect, I had put away quite a bit of money and savings for my business Mm -hmm. um, at that point, thank God, because I was able to pull from that to continue to pay her through this period of time that I knew wasn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Even though I was stressed and I had insane anxiety, Heather was able to push through. I was very connected with artists in the area. Um, I think that building relationships is such a big part of being in mm-hmm. this industry. That's why I got um, a whole huge module on it. <laughs> good. Yes, because it's so important. And I think I had listened to you and Caitlin talk on your last podcast, um, uh-huh. or I guess your first podcast. And one of the things that you guys had touched on was how, you know, a few years back, it was definitely the mentality of competition. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's leaning more towards community, which is fantastic because for me, it spoke volumes during this time where we had the shutdowns because I hadn't booked a whole lot in my fall season yet. Mm-hmm. And so all of the spring weddings were moving to fall. And a lot of my friends, they had already booked up their fall. And so they weren't able to move their brides, unfortunately, because the date was already booked. And so I was in this group. um, There's maybe 20 artists in this group. Mm -hmm. And everybody started posting, hey, I can't move this date for my bride. Is anybody available? And so I was able to take on a lot during my fall season. And, of course, we followed all of the guidelines, uh, Mm -hmm. made sure everybody was safe. But because I had those relationships built, I booked a lot. Um, my business had actually tripled. It, it was the biggest year I've ever had. Um, mm-hmm. But in that, I had Heather there to process everything on the back end. So I had those relationships built. I was networking. I was going and connecting with these other people. Uh-huh. And then she was able to, once I brought that business in, to process it on the back end. And so yeah. if I had to do all of that, there's no way I would have been able to mentally handle every single thing. There's um, just not enough hours in a the day. There's not. No. And so being able to have her as my teammate and I bring in the business, but she processes the contract and she, you know, she answers the questions um, was such a huge, huge help. And so that, I mean, that's, I credit her to me being able to build my business the way that I did during that time. Um, mm-hmm. cause without her, that wouldn't have happened. So I'm so grateful. Um, and then of course, 2021 was just a madhouse, but yeah. Yeah. She's been um, a huge, huge blessing. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're part of a, an, another group too. And when you, you know, had an, an issue with needing hands-on, you know, because we have this great relationship. I was able to, you know, work those last, the, your last two weddings. Oh my God. I was so Virginia, thankful for you. You know, cause I was like, well, I'm going to take it easy in October. It was really busy last year and blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll keep that last weekend open. And then you were like, I need somebody. And Please. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> sure. I'm available Friday and Saturday. And, you know, oh, I, I think that building relationships is so important because, you know, if I, if we didn't have that working relationship, then, you know, 
you could have had a, problems with your, your business and not being able to find somebody or, you know, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, work that wedding and, and bring in that extra income and tips and, and whatnot. So it's like, it, there's so much more to relationship building than just like getting referrals. It's really, we don't need to have a team. And I think that the, you know, the core artists in, you know, the Northern Virginia area, we've all, we're all independent, but we all communicate and we all really work kind of like a team. You know, we have like daily communications practically where it's like, Hey, I need somebody on this date who's available. And then the first person to respond and be like, yeah, sure. Like we pick up assisting jobs and we don't have to build a team. Mm -hmm. And so that way we don't have to worry about turning away work that we can't handle or having to focus so much on booking so many of our own weddings. It's like, we're kind of like one big team, but we're all independent. And I think it's a really cool way that things have gone. Whereas when I started, you know, in this area 13 years ago, it was very cutthroat. Like there were some people who had teams in the area and they were either incredibly intimidated by me and the fact that I was growing so fast and building a team so fast. And I had like a really big online presence with my old business. And, you know, there were, they, they pretended to be nice to me. Mm -hmm. And then I found out, you know, down the road or through, you know, because people talk, you know, that they were like, it's a small, sh- small yeah, world it, in the it, business small world. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they would like talk shit about me. And I was like, really? Like, you're going to try and be nice to my face. But, you know, you're going to actually talk about how you can't stand me. And it was just it was so weird. And now I've seen this big shift um, in the last four or five years or so now, where I, th- I think it's mostly within like the senior artists and in, in our area for the, the people who have been doing this for a long time now who are like, ah, I don't have time for that shit. Like yeah. that is, you know, that's very immature. That's like that middle school, you know, toxic salon mentality. I don't have time for that crap. I need people in my corner that I can depend on. And that's who I'm going to surround myself with. Yeah. Um, and we kind of all lift each other up. Um, and I think a virtual assistant, like if you don't have that necessarily as an opportunity in your area to have a virtual assistant to be like, okay, you know, it's, it's somebody else who's there, who's in my corner, um, that, you know, you can talk things through or, um, you know, find those, those moments of like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna de-stress right now because I know that this situation is, is handled whether through an assistant or through being able to be like, okay, I need somebody last minute who can help me. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was, I mean, <laughs> I will preach day in and day out about building relationships in this industry um, for exactly what you just talked about, where it's such an incredible group that we have in Virginia. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, I can't speak to everybody else or other areas, but in that area, it's a huge um, industry. There's Mm -hmm. so many weddings, but it's such a small industry at the same time where Mm -hmm. there's so many times where somebody will say, oh yeah, I hired so-and-so. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love working with them. They're amazing. Um, occasionally you'll get the opposite where it's like, I hired so-and-so and and you're like, oh crap. (laughs) (laughs) Warning, warning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you sure? Did you say that? Danger with Robinson. (laughs) You might want to rethink that. Yeah. There's a couple of people on, you know, the blacklist in in our community too, where we're like, um, no, 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 no. 
Like, yeah, but for the vast majority, the yeah, once you get up into, like you were talking about, more of the senior artists that have been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. the quality of artists in that area is just incredible. And the support that they give you and the willingness to help. I mean, this la- <laughs> the last half of 2021 was a complete shit show for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I was dealing with a move to Arizona and living in my brother's basement for five months. And it was just like one thing on top of another. And it was really starting to add up quickly. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, in October, I had several weddings that I had to fill my assistant job for because of a fallout. And people like you and others in our group that just stepped up and was like, yeah, I'll help you. Even though I had planned on taking this day off, um, I'm here. What can I do? Is such a huge um, weight off of your shoulders to mm-hmm. know that you have that team in your corner. Yeah. And so, yeah, the the artists that I was friends with and the having Heather there um, and with her, there's, you know, situations that come up where like you had said, you can kind of bounce ideas off. And if there was a situation where I had to carefully word an email with COVID or anything else, um, you know, I could reach out to her and be like, hey, as somebody who is not me reading mm-hmm. this, how does this come across? Like, is this yeah. is this a, um, an appropriate email with enough understanding and enough uh, empathy, but also as a business owner, you know, yeah. Just and as the- somebody who also gets your process too, they already yeah. know and, and, and think like you mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Giselle and I do that a lot too. Like if we have just a, when we're frustrated, you know, she'll just send me, you know, a text and just be like, how do I say this? But, you know, professional. How do I tell this bitch to fuck off? But, you know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Exactly. Kind of how those decks kind of go sometimes where I'm like, okay, if I was you, this is how I'd word this. And she'll be like, okay, thank you. I'm just going to copy and paste that. And and I'm like, all right, you know, because we we know how to communicate and and those type of things. And, you know, and the fact that, you know, I've kind of become her business coach in the last year and a half and helped her grow her business and stuff like that, too. You know, she'll sometimes she'll be like, okay, perfect. That's a great template. It's a great base. Mm-hmm. Let me Giselle it up a bit, you know, versus yeah. like, you know, and I'll do the same thing for her too. If I'm just like, okay, you know me, I'll make it flowery. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll throw some big words in there or whatever, but you know, talk me off this ledge, you know, yeah, am I, I approaching this correctly? Yeah. And I, I think as business owners, but like that's our baby. We, and if we feel like, <sighs> As creatives, I think we tend to take things personally a little too much. Oh, so personally. (laughs) So I think sometimes there's things that clients can say that trigger us in Mm -hmm. ways that maybe we shouldn't even be triggered, but because we're so protective of our business and reputation, it can ignite something in us that maybe is a little extreme. But Mm -hmm. with having Heather there, she is so just like, level-headed <laughs> yeah. for the most part I am too but there's certain instances where I was thankful that she was there to respond because she can respond in just like a black and white here's how it is yeah. type of a thing whereas I would have gone into so much detail about why 
you know, something would or wouldn't work. Um, but she's just kind of like, yeah, hey, here's what we can do or here are your options. And it yeah. took that stress away from me of always feeling so passionate about what I was doing mm-hmm. um, through emails. And so that was another big thing that really helped me where 90, I would say 98% of the time, there's not much that riles me up or makes me feel stressed out or uh-huh. some type of way. But in those 2%, of the emails that would come through, she was there to just kind of do her job. And she, Mm -hmm. you know, she would answer the question. She knew my policies. If there was something that she didn't know, if there was something that we were trying to do like an exception to the rule for, she Mm -hmm. would touch base with me before responding, but she was the one to write the email and send it off. And I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, cause also, you know, it's not her baby, like you said. So she can yep. emotionally divorce herself from the topic <laughs> and she can just look at it in black and white and she doesn't have this emotionally fueled response. She can just be like, all right, so this is the situation. We already have a system in place, basically, you know, to handle that. Like if somebody has, you know, a situation where the number of the headcount, you know, cancels down Mm -hmm. or, you know, something changes, especially with COVID that popped up a lot, especially within my business, you know, would there be like, okay, you know, so with travel restrictions, you know, three or four people on our bridal party, you know, can't make it. Can I get a refund? And it was like, "Mm, no, you may not, you know, like you have a contract that is signed, you can fill the space in, but the balance remains the same kind of thing. And you having to like write that over and over myself, like could got real freaking annoying because I was just like, oh my God, does nobody read their fucking contract? Like that's not how this works. Right. You know, it's it, we're not a catering company where you can decrease the number, you know, last minute. You know, yeah, especially and, and when it, we had, you know, assistants hired to come help us. They were exactly. told that they would be paid a certain number based on headcount. So uh-huh. that brought in a whole other it, it almost made it easier for me to say no because I could just yeah. use the excuse of, well, I've already paid my vendors. So, um, yeah. sorry. Exactly. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But having I, to say it over and over again, it just, it wears on you and being able to offload that where it's like, okay, cool. I don't have to get annoyed every time I get the same fucking question over yeah. and over again. She can handle it. Yeah. That would so be many advantages. <laughs> I need fantastic. a chief happiness officer. You do. You do. I do. Highly recommend. I yeah. Although I am retiring for real this time. I swear to God. Really. October real, 15th of 2022 is my last wedding. I don't have any booked after that. And I've told myself I'm not going to take any more after that. So this is me putting it out into the universe. And I have the date written down and I'm like, okay, here's my checklist. Here's all these little benchmarks that I need to, you know, hit before I can officially, you know, say a hundred percent, but I, it's out there. I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. So well, it's listen, on the podcast I am now. so happy for you, but <laughs> I'm going to write this date down. And if you do a wedding after that, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> you can check my Facebook, <laughs> check my Instagram and just be like, you lie. Yep. You liar. You told me on November 10th. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll still assist for people, you know, that way that oh. I, I don't, well, I'm not going to book my own weddings, but I'll still assist for people, like, if it's something where somebody needs an assistant last minute, or something along those lines, 
or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have anything planned. Sure. You know, like you never know when something's a situation's going to pop up. Like, you know, when you needed somebody last minute and I was like, yeah, I don't have anything going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that way I can still kind of keep my toe in the industry too. And just be like, I still get to touch people's hair and and do their makeup and, and be part of, you know, the emotional fulfillment of being there on a wedding day. Yeah. Um, And I think also being an educator, I mean, that's super valuable to still be in the industry, even if you're not working at full time or even really part time, just sometimes Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, be there, be, be familiar with what the industry is doing and seeing it firsthand is extremely valuable. So no, I, I would do the exact same thing you're doing. Yeah. So that way I can, you know, I I still, I still balance myself um, but maybe I'll hire a chief happiness officer for 2022 you've inspired me thank you thank you're you, welcome I think you should yeah I think you should I think everybody should I think everybody for their own sanity you'd be surprised at you know how helpful it was like when I had that team and I had that one assistant girl even though she had to come to my house every day and, and do it that way just being able to be like here Here's this stack of contracts. I need you. And then like, this is how old this was back then. Like I would hand her paper contracts. I'd be like, please scan these into the computer for me. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, technology was still a dinosaur uh, even just 10 years ago. Um, But now, like if I were Everything's electronic. Exactly. Yeah. And, And for people who have not moved their business to that point yet, like- you kind of really need to. The, the amount of time that, I save doing that. Yeah, but I think that too. it also contributes to client experience. Because oh, if yeah. you're having to have your client physically sign something or send a check in the mail, mm-hmm. that's one, an inconvenience. And two, yep. I mean, <laughs> mail is not necessarily a reliable thing right now. Oh, so uh, if you're not, not. Yeah, if you're not doing things electronically, it's, I think, a negative um the word I'm looking for it just doesn't I, it doesn't contribute to your client experience at all absolutely yeah so yeah yeah definitely I had a I had a trial uh maybe a month or two ago and the bride brought her mom and my my contracting process is a little differently they sign a retainer agreement with me and then their retainer amount prepays for their trial mm. and then they come in for their trial and then if we both mutually decide that we want to work together, then I'll do a wedding day contract because in my mind, I want to make sure they're not crazy. And yeah, in their absolutely. mind, they want to make sure that I can live up to their expectations. So it's mutually beneficial for us to do it this way. And I've seen a, a huge jump in client satisfaction since I started doing things this way. So after the trial, you know, I didn't have to ring her out. She didn't have to pay for everything. It had already been paid for months in advance. And, you know, she was an out-of-state bride. And she came in. And so as she was leaving, the mom was like, okay, well, um, you know, so we're, we're out of state here. So I don't, I don't have access to a scanner or a printer or whatever to do the contract. And her daughter just looked at her and she's like, mom, they do everything online these days. Get with the times. <laughs> yeah, like, her right? mom was definitely like clearly much older than, you know, typical moms or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she was, she was just kind of laughing and she's like, mom. 
they don't do things like that these days. She's like, Suzanne, she's like, it's a, it's fine. She's like, just send me the contract. She's like, is it going to be through HoneyBook again? And I was like, yeah, girl, you know how this works. And she's like, all right, perfect. She goes, mom, the, the payment information, like literally everything is already in there. All you have to do is click sign. Like mm-hmm. I don't even let them type any details whatsoever. They literally click sign. It adds the date for them. Like that is it. I, I do not let them touch anything else inside the contract they don't fill any details out they give me that information i input it so they love it because they're just like yeah i just literally have to click a button and then it sets up where their balance is automatically paid on the due date anyways because they save their payment information in there and honeybook has that option so i walk into wedding days and i swear to god sometimes i'm like I don't even know if this person's paid their balance. I'm just assuming that Honeybook took care of everything know, yeah. for me. You know, I had somebody once, this was a couple of years ago now, before I was like really utilizing Honeybook, who was like, so um, here, I've got the check to pay for the balance. And I realized because I had been manually sending out invoices through Square prior to um, integrating my QuickBooks with Honeybook. And she's like, here, you know, here's the balance. And I was like, shit, I never even checked that. You know, like I had just, (laughs) I had assumed that I had sent out that invoice at the right time and that she had paid it. She had just viewed it yeah, and she hadn't actually paid it. But I was so busy trying to keep up with so many other administrative tasks. And it was during a busy fall season. It was like a September wedding. And she was like, here's your payment. And I'm like, oh, thank you. God, you're honest. (laughs) I know. I had that happen one time at a wedding and I had just happened to go into her project to look up um, the timeline details and saw that she hadn't paid her final balance. And it was an issue with like the internal system. It wasn't because she just didn't pay. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to sort it out there. Um, But yeah, I just, I'm kind of the same as you where I just assume that everything's good to go. Yeah, <laughs> that's and not I'm, the best policy, but I I showed up and was like, "Hey, let's do your hair, let's do your makeup," and like was doing everything and was getting ready to be like, "Okay, peace out, bye, have a good day," you know. Yeah, she's like, "Hold on, I need to pay you," and I assumed that she was like giving me a tip, and I'm like, "Okay," and she hands me this check, and I like kind of looked at it and kind of looked at her like five hundred and something dollars. I mean, like <laughs> that's a nice tip, thing, you know. And she's like, "Here, here's the balance," and she goes, "And then here's your tip," and she handed me, you know, an envelope with cash in it and I was like oh okay and then I was like I need a new system because I cannot let this happen again because you know how awkward would it have been if I had to go back afterwards and be like so actually um I realized you never paid your balance and then Mm -hmm. was chasing her down for it uh afterwards that yeah that's not would not have led to a five-star review even though it was like her fault that she didn't pay it she read the invoice but having to come to her afterwards because it fell through the quacks on my end like that would have put a bad taste in her mouth and I probably wouldn't have gotten you know the five-star review you know that I did afterwards you know because yeah dude I'm like ugh, everything's already done I don't want to think about this wedding stuff anymore Mm -hmm. I thought I paid everything I don't want to be writing checks when I get back from my honeymoon yeah that's uh, well that's one of the reasons that I do payment ahead of the wedding. I know some people collect payment at the wedding. Um, mm-hmm. but the last thing I want my bride thinking about on the day of is money. That I don't think exactly. that that's something that you want to be thinking about on your special day. Um, so I just collect everything ahead of time and it has saved I mean, I I do it at least a week in advance because that way it has time to 
um, clearing, clearing your bank. bank account. Yep. yep. And so I know everything's gone through. We're all good. Um, and then if anything weird happens, we have a little bit of buffer time in there. Some people do two weeks. Some people do 30 days. Whatever you feel works best for your business. Um, yeah. But yeah, the last thing I want her worrying about is money. So yeah, the the one one maybe two times it slipped where I didn't go in and check. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was like a pull her over real quiet and just, hey, yeah. do you have the money for your final balance? But yeah. Um, yeah, HoneyBook, again. I know there's there's some people who love HoneyBook, which is me. There's some people mm-hmm. who don't like HoneyBook at all. But yeah. I think for makeup and hair, it's just – it's so easy for everything mm-hmm. that we need to do. We're not planners where we're having to have all these different inspiration boards and all these things going on. Um, so I think for our business, it's it's just such a huge – Huge yeah. saver and I, of time and of headaches and all the things. I, I think the people who don't like HoneyBook haven't really utilized it fully. Because yeah. I was kind of really on the fence for it for a while and was like, all right, I need to find a way to make this work for me. And then once I really figured it out and once I really like took the time to sit there and create all of these different workflows – where I was like, okay, it's not cut and dry every wedding. Like there are different workflows. Like some weddings I'm working on for a year. Some weddings I'm only working on for six months or three months. Mm-hmm. And so I have different steps. You know, the longer that you're working on a wedding, the more touch points. And, you know, not every wedding has hair and not every wedding has makeup and not every wedding has assistance. Uh, you know, so there's so many different little things. Once I really sat down, and started customizing things and, and putting it in there and utilizing them, then I was like, oh my God, like, where has this been? Because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't using it properly. I wasn't fully utilizing it. And now that I do, it's like, oh my God, how do people not like this? It takes yeah. a lot of work though. It, it does. does. I it, think it can be very overwhelming when you first yeah. look at it and you're like, oh well, my gosh, how am I going to get all my contracts in here? All of the workflow that I have to set up, the automatic emails that go out. It can be Mm -hmm. very overwhelming because there are so many features within it. Mm -hmm. But like you said, once you sit down and you really take the time to figure out what features are going to benefit your business, Mm -hmm. then yeah. I mean, the things that – I and I they're constantly coming out with updates, which can also be overwhelming because you're like, oh my God, something else to keep track of. Yeah, like social media and Instagram. Like, what the fuck is this now? Yeah, exactly. Reels, what? Yeah. I um, just want to show photos, damn it. I know. I know. Well, your your real game has been on point. You're doing fantastic. Well, thank you. The thought Great. of going on camera for me, I'm like, eh, now I'm good. But no, your reels are amazing. I love them. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've I've filmed them twice. That's it. I sat there one day and I like wrote everything out and I had a notebook and for each thing that I wanted to say and I filmed probably 30 reels. I like I still haven't even like posted like half of the ones that I filmed all in that one day. And then there was a second day where I was like, well, let me type creating ones based on trending audio. And those are so much fucking harder because you have to like sync up your voice yeah or like your mouth to it and I'm just like uh I feel like I'm 90 because I'm not doing this right how are the you know how are people doing this and it's so seamless and all these transitions and all these little things and I'm like fuck it I'm just gonna go back to being like tip number one here it is and it's just my voice and I'm talking to the camera and then I just 
link them all together because yep. that was so much easier for me. But yeah, I only I only did it twice. I think I did it in like August and then in like the beginning of October and I still haven't even posted all of them yet. So, Well, that's good to know. Maybe I feel encouraged now because the thought of having to make myself look presentable multiple times yeah. a week to, to film these. I was like, I can't. Yeah. Oh God, no. I but live if you in can knock pajamas. Them out, yeah. If you can knock yeah. them out all in one day, that's genius. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just be careful if you save anything to the drafts folder. Like if you're viewing trending audio, you can't download that and save that to your phone with the audio attached. Mm. Okay. It just downloads the video. So you have to save it to your drafts. So you have to be really careful to not accidentally log out of your Instagram and then have to log back in because it will delete everything in your drafts folder. So that's the tricky thing about trying to link up with trending audio. There are like uh, Instagram gurus and stuff like that that I follow on Instagram who have given tutorials on here's how to save that trending audio and then edit it in another app. And then save it to your phone so it's ready to go that way. But for all the ones where it's just my voice talking, like I I saved everything to my actual phone. And then I use Plan, the a planning app, and it's it's it has where you can save all of your reels. So I literally have all of them saved. I have the captions, the hashtags, like literally everything is all saved. And then like two times a week or once a week, I'm like, okay, I'm going to post a reel today. And then I pick which one I want. I upload it. And then I have a cover photo saved in my favorites, like in much like my photos on my phone. And then I just had the cover. And like, literally that's, that's all it takes because I've already batched all of that. I've already recorded it like weeks ago. And then at my leisure, I can sit there and pull up one of those reels and be like, all right, let me write a caption for this. What did I talk about? And then I can write a caption and then copy and paste my hashtags. And it's literally all saved there together. And that's how 99% of my social media is done. Like anything in my feed, I have had that shit planned for weeks. Like there is almost nothing uh, spontaneous. That's what I'm looking for. Um, In my feed, the only spontaneous, like I'm going to get on there and I'm going to post something is in my stories. Like everything is planned out for months in advance in my feed. And it's all auto posted. Almost everything. If you ever see me post anything before like 9 a.m., I am still asleep. I am not posting that. That is all an automation. <laughs> That's genius. The yeah. technology, I'm telling you. Exactly. So like, time. If this existed 10 years ago, maybe I'd have a team of like 50 people by now kind of thing and be slowly taking over the East Coast. But, you know, I didn't have that. And I decided I was going to prioritize my marriage and my children. Um And now I'm like, man, now that I'm too old and don't give a fuck and don't want a team, I could be really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like for me, I I get my things that I like and that's just Mm -hmm. what I stick with. Like I had tried to get into TikTok and I watch TikTok all Mm -hmm. the time, like an unhealthy amount. (laughs) Making TikToks, like I – no. Oh, I can't. yeah. No, thank you. So yeah. the same with reels. I'll post my my clients on um, Instagram. I'll post in my stories, just little things. But mm-hmm. going in and doing reels, there's just something about video that really intimidates me. And yes. I just need to face that fear. But yeah, I don't 
it's one of those things where I know that because of the algorithm, I need to do it to grow my audience per se. Mm-hmm. But man, getting getting there to actually like hit record and do something is so hard. I don't know it's why. It's a big mental block and a lot of people have it. And actually, um, there's a friend of mine who has a course for people who struggle with that exact thing. Um, and she calls it Vibrant on Video. Uh, if you if you look her up on Instagram, she's empathpreneur. And she is fantastic. So even if you just follow her, like she really talks a lot about how to get on video and use video for building your business um, for the people who hate being on video, who are intimidated by it or just like, but I have to look perfect and I have to look polished. And that's my mental block. That's why I can only do it so many times because it's really a hard mental block for me to get on on camera and put something out there if I don't have my hair and makeup done. Because mm-hmm. I'm yep. just super self-conscious about being in the beauty industry and not looking put together. Like yeah. I think in my mind, like if people see me without makeup on, they'll be like, who the fuck this bitch? Like who's she <laughs> telling me about the, the beauty industry and she can't even put her eyebrows on? No, yeah. Yeah. No, and I know that people aren't because if I'm providing value and I'm providing good information about business. I'm not being like, here, here's how to do eyebrows. And then you're judging my eyebrows. You know, it's like those, they don't necessarily correlate, but having worked in the beauty industry for the last 15 years, I'm like, nope, can't show up like that. That's not going to work. And so she talks a lot about how to like overcome those mental blocks. And now she's, um, she's, her business has evolved, um, into like coaching, where she takes on individual students and she'll be, she'll work with you one-on-one to develop a strategy and a game plan for your videos where you can kind of overcome that and help to grow your audience um, while also growing, you know, as a person and, and as a business owner and getting over your fear of being on video. So she's a really fantastic resource. Um, even if you just follow her and watch her stories and stuff, and she's here in Northern Virginia. I met her, uh, because she came to me, she was having a branding shoot done. All of her photos, I've done her hair and makeup. Um, oh, that's awesome. Cause, yeah, because she was getting you know a branding shoot done, and she looked up somebody, and I she lives in Woodbridge here, and so she came to my studio, and I did her hair and her makeup, and we started talking. And we both realized that we had signed up for Digital Course Academy to become course creators with Amy Porterfield, and we had gone through all this, and then we just became these great friends. And then, you know, now she's grown her business from there and she's done a whole second set of branding shoots. And she was just like, yep, you got to do my hair and makeup again. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's amazing. That sounds like exactly what I need right now. So I will be looking her up today. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that referral. She's amazing. Um, Yeah. And, and she's super cool. She's got like a shaved side of her head and it's like hot pink and like she she brings her her dogs and her animals and like her boyfriend and like you know she's just she she really brings in who she is as yeah. a person into it and you really feel like you're best friends with her and she's developed this and she's you know a shy introverted person and she's been able to overcome that so she's a a great she's just awesome it's amazing. Good for her. It can be hard to yeah. break through those feelings, but yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I'm trying to do that. And I'm like, okay, Lauren, help me. <laughs> well, I think you're doing a fantastic job. I think. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I know that as soon as you start putting your face out there, you definitely become more recognizable. You become mm-hmm. like kind of at the forefront of people's minds. And for sure, I mean, you and I have been friends and we've worked together for a long time. But mm-hmm. ever since you've started posting those reels, there's definitely more of a. Um, Like, well, let me go see what Sue's talking about on this topic because, you know, I'm always trying to grow and learn. And Uh um, I think as soon as you stop doing that, that's kind of the death of your business when you stop trying to better yourself and better yourself as a business owner. Oh, 100%. Um, So, no, the content that you're putting out is so helpful. And even as somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, it's definitely helped either one, solidify the way that I was feeling about something and be like, okay. Sue mm-hmm. agrees. Like, we're, we're yeah. on the same page here. Or you'll provide a different perspective. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should look into that. Or maybe I should reconsider how I do that process. So yeah. I'm very thankful for the information that you've put out. And oh, thank you. even if it's uncomfortable, which I know mm-hmm. it is, it's very yeah. helpful. So for me, my goal is to get more comfortable going live and, and doing more live videos and doing more long form videos on Instagram that aren't just reels. Um but the, see, this podcast starting it for me was, you know, so much easier because I can just, in case you haven't, you know, guessed already, I can talk for a long time. <laughs> so just being able to literally, like, I don't even do video. Like when I film, people are always like, oh, it's not through Zoom or I don't even see you. It's literally just our voices. And I'm like, yep, because there's a chance I'm not even wearing a bra right now. Like nobody wants to see this going on back here. I just want to pop on my headphones, plug in my uh, you know, microphone and just talk to people and have conversations and, you know, share experiences and, and share insights. And that's why I kind of wanted to do the podcast because it was it was easier for me to kind of come out of my shell, um, but also a way to, you know, have other people like share their experiences and their viewpoints because, just because I've been running my business one way for the last 15 years doesn't mean that it's a universal thing. Like it's, I, it's been proven because I've had students in the course who are using the methods and getting success. So it's like, okay, the way that I'm doing, doing things has been, it's a proven system, mm-hmm. but that doesn't always mean that it's going to be 100% for everybody. So I like being able to bring people on in a non-intimidating way and just be like, Hey, let's just chat. Let's talk about a topic. And then, you know, We'll go through the questions and then like the last 40 minutes, we've, 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 we've longed on with those questions. We've, we've covered all of it, but still being able to share these experiences and, and give each other feedback and stuff. And you totally just made my day. So oh, good. I just want you to know that. Like, thank you. And thank you to everybody listening who has like given me feedback. Um, you know, I think being a creative, we have the the imposter syndrome that we kind of go through. Like I've seen memes before where they're like life of a, a small business owner or life of a creative where you're like, oh my God, I created this thing and it's horrible. And then you like leave it for a few days and then you come back and you look at it and you're like, holy shit, I did that. Oh, awesome. <laughs> like, you know, like you scroll through your photos on your your phone one day and look at your old work. You know, there were times where I take a picture of an updo and I'm just like, oh, I would totally like redo this or do whatever differently or 
should have used something different on their face when I was doing their makeup. And I hate it, you know? And then I would come back and I would look at the photo a week or two later and I'm like, damn, actually I'm pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a confidence boost kind of thing. And just everybody that has like given feedback and like left reviews for the podcast or sent me a DM on Instagram and just been like, oh my God, I love your podcast. I love your content. I love your page. And I'm like, really? Like, you like me? You really like me? You know? like <laughs> You're a likable person, Sue. Oh, my thanks. I try. I try. It's my customer service voice. So. <laughs> so funny that you just said that. Jake makes fun of me all the time because when I hop on a call with my brides, mm-hmm. my customer service voice definitely comes out on those calls and I'll get off and he's like, you sound like a completely different person. Yeah. Like, well, it's how I feel. It's like I'm excited to talk to them, but it is a very specific voice that comes out when I speak mm-hmm. to my clients. And it's so funny because I'd never noticed it until after he mentioned it. And I was like, ah, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But yeah, I had that too. The other day I was in uh, the drive through line at McDonald's um, getting my son Ryan some dinner after dance because having two kids who are in scouts and dance and Kai also has a part-time job and drama and in high school with like football games, like this past year has been absolutely crazy. So getting dinner on the table is, is just a shit show. So we were like, I was just like, it was, I was tired. It was the end of the day and it was like eight 30 and I don't know why the hell there were 8,000 people online at McDonald's. So I just like, I'd had it. I had no patience. And so I'm sitting there like just bitching out loud and like cussing people out and and things you know quietly in my car to myself and Ryan's sitting in the back seat and he's listening and then we get up to the window and the person like hands me my food I'm like thank you very much have a great night and you know and then we I like roll up the window we start to pull out and he just starts laughing in the back seat he goes I think it's hysterical how nice you are to people when 30 seconds later you were just talking shit about them (laughs) just like that's called my customer service voice and after 15 years we learned to use it at the right times. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Just, it comes in handy. Yeah. He was just laughing at me like, oh my God. Because so I have funny. such a, a, a potty mouth. And so that, you know, calling the podcast swears and does hair was just like a natural fit for me because I swear all the time, but on a wedding day, you'll never hear me swear. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm talking to clients, you'll never hear me swear. But the second I step out that door, I'm like, fuck this, fuck that. Like, you know, yeah. and, And it's funny because you just kind of, you take on this like little persona. It's not being fake. It's just like you get into like work mode and you do what you do. And my kids are, are, are funny like that because they're just like, yeah, you swear all the time. And I'm like, I know, not really. Actually, you just don't ever come to work with me. Like you, you you (laughs) literally literally see Sailor Mouth Mom. Yeah. (laughs) You know, my mother-in-law swore one time and Ryan was, I don't know. Ryan comes out with these funny little one-liners all the time, but he was like maybe three or four years old. My mother-in-law did did something. She was cooking and she splattered grease or whatever. And she was like, oh shit, or something like that. And he was like, oh, that's a mommy word. Oh my gosh. And she just started (laughs) laughing. She's like, yes, buddy, that's a mommy word. That is a mommy word. Yeah. So so to him, it's so funny when I'm not swearing. And she was just like, wow, you you had a whole sentence without the F word good job mom when I'm like yeah it is funny how we can turn it on and off so quickly 
mm-hmm. depending. But I also think that that's just part of being professional, right? Like, yes. And I think that a lot of that is missing in our industry where oh. I am all about being authentic. Don't be a fake person, but there's a mm-hmm. difference between being fake and being professional. Yes. And it's it's one of those topics right now that really gets me heated. <laughs> yeah. Just like You and me both. You and me both. professionalism in our work mm-hmm. in the – not even just in the wedding industry, but specifically mm-hmm. hair and makeup artists. And yeah. I, yeah, there's a, di- like I just said, there's a difference between being professional and putting on a face and being fake. Yeah. Um, so I see some people who roll up on wedding days, you know, for hair or makeup or whatever. And I'm just like, whoo, you would never work for me. Yeah. Like, and you, I know? Ju- you know, I just made a post about that recently. And it, you see it so often where people will show up in sweatpants or mm-hmm. their hair is an absolute wreck and you're there to do other people's hair. And I yes. understand that as somebody who does hair and makeup all the time, it can be the last thing on your priority list to get yourself Especially ready. Especially if you have to be up at like three or four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Like it's hard sometimes, but when you roll up to a wedding, especially when you get into the higher tier, you're charging mm-hmm. kind of more at the, the higher end of things yeah. and you show up looking like a slob, that yeah. is not a good look and your clients are paying for more of a luxury experience at that point. Mm-hmm. And even if they're not, even if you're not charging luxury prices, it's still, you're making, you're the face of your business, right? And yeah. so when you're there, there's photographers who are looking for other artists to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, the bridesmaids, they, they're they going to be getting married at some point. And yep. I've had several bridesmaids reach out to me over the years saying, hey, you did my makeup at so-and-so's wedding. I would love to have you do my makeup. Um, but that impression that you make really is a lasting impression. And so not only are you there to do your bride's makeup, but you're also making connections in other ways that you might not even realize. Um, and you're in the photos of (laughs) these brides getting ready, all of those getting ready photos. It, yeah, I think there needs to be a little bit of a reset on professionalism in our industry, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, people make a comment all the time when I show up and they're just like, you know, wow, you look so nice. Wow, you look so put together. Especially if I'm showing up at like 5 a.m., yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not like sitting there and spending forever and curling my hair and putting on this full beat face kind of thing. You know, I've got foundation and concealer and I'm, I've got color to my face and mascara and whatnot. And my, but my hair might be in like a little bit of a messy bun and Mm -hmm. I I may have like comfortable pants, but I'm making sure that I have like a nice shirt with it or I throw a blazer on with it or, you know, add some jewelry. Like I, I try and put myself together as much as I possibly can and give the illusion of being fancier than I actually am. And, you know, people are always just like, wow, you look so nice. And it's 515. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you look nice already and I'm like because it's my job and don't worry I'm gonna do that for you too and so I feel like people have a little bit more confidence in what I can give them and how I can make them look because I'm showing them well here's a template I'm not gonna cookie cutter I know how to do hair and makeup for other people I'm not gonna just make you look like me but you know here I am 515 I look put together and I don't look like I just woke up 15 minutes ago, like 
I take the time with my skincare to at least make sure I'm not like all all puffy and bleary eyed. So they're not concerned in being like, oh, well, clearly you know how to make somebody look fresh as a daisy first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry that I'm going to be walking around with these puffy eyes still. Yeah. And I think as much as we don't like it, first impressions are everything. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, pre-COVID when I wasn't wearing a mask, um, I would do the same thing. I would show up, but I wasn't heavily wearing makeup. Um, mm-hmm. I would just kind of do it almost kind of like in a bridal style where it's just kind of light. It's fresh. Yep. Um, and a lot of times people would say, we'll just do something similar to like what you have on. And yep. so I had that comment over and over and over again. So when I started doing trainings with other artists, I would tell them, you know, tr- I think as artists, we like to play with color and I think color is mm-hmm. so fun. But in the wedding industry, I always suggest toning that down a bit. Um, yep. You know, there's nothing wrong with wearing color if that's what you want to do and that's who you are and that's your personality. But I think in this specific industry, people Mm -hmm. really look to you for inspiration. And if you show up in bright green eyeshadow, their trust in you may not be as strong as if it were Mm -hmm. if you were just to wear kind of neutral colors and tone it down just a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, if that's your personality and that's part of your brand and who you are, go for it. But yeah, because people already know what to expect from from you. So like the the people who book you in all your headshots, you know, you have hot pink eyeshadow and lime green hair like Giselle. You know, they know what they're getting. She's the first one to come to mind when I think of fun colors. She's so fun, but she has a very specific brand and she branded that way. Yeah, she attracts those clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it would be very strange for me to arrive with a bright eyeshadow and yes. crazy lipstick. And that's just not my brand. That's not how mm-hmm. I present myself on social media or on my website. So I think being consistent with mm-hmm. what you're putting out there is really important, um, because that's what your clients expect you to be, <laughs> Yeah, who you exactly. put out that you are, um, so if you're bringing in those clients and they want fun makeup and that's your thing, go for it. But yeah, I think for the the most part, just kind of you know make yourself look nice. Yeah, style your hair a little bit. Yeah, as long as it's put together and it's well branded and it yes. matches. Like this is the personality that I'm bringing to your wedding day. And like, that's why one of the very first things that I go over in my course is target market. Like, who is your dream bride? What does she want? What type of experience does she want on her wedding day? Does she want that fun, energetic kind of energy and person bring in? That's who she's going to look for. Whether she realizes it or not, subconsciously, she already knows the type of, of personality she wants in her presence on her wedding day because, you know, um, I definitely had brides before in the past where I had previous, you know, like back to when I had a team that, you know, meeting and talking with the brides, I would assign a different people to match their personality and be like, you're going to be a good fit with this person. Like, are you looking for a quiet Zen experience? I'm not sending so and so because they're they're fun and they're bubbly and you know they're going to be trying to talk to you while you're in the chair and for them to, if, if people were like oh no like I just want it quiet like 
don't try and have a conversation. Cause some people are like that. They're like, I just want you to touch my hair. You just, I just want you to do my makeup. I don't want to have to have a conversation with you right now. It's six in the morning and I'm still half asleep, you know? So it's like the people know what type of person that they're looking for and being able to understand what your bride wants either consciously or subconsciously, and then be like, okay, this is how I'm going to express the experience that I bring through my branding. I'm going to attract those people who want that. And the people who don't want that are going to see my stuff and be like, nope, she is not the artist for me. That is not who I want. You know, it's not always just about what style of hair you do or what makeup you do. Because guess what? Trends change. Mm-hmm. You know, what you do may not be trendy in a few years. So, But if you understand how to brand yourself and relate to people on that emotional level, consciously or subconsciously, you're going to have a successful business that is able to continue to evolve as trends change. It's not so much about your artistry. And so many people as art, because we're artists, you know, mm-hmm. we think of that first and we think that's really the key to our success. And it's like, nope, it's the emotional connection that you have with people. What energy do you bring to the space? How do you present that on your website, on your social media, in your videos, you know, in all of these things? What do you bring to the table on that level? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have been chatting for like 90 minutes now. So, um, uh, I'll just finish up with one little question that we did save for the end. If you could go back and do things all over again when it comes to hiring, you know, a chief happiness officer, because that was the topic that we we started with today. Um, <laughs> we did, but that's okay. Back. <laughs> yes, but you know what? Everybody loved the the episode that I did with Caitlin, and we talked for ninety minutes too. So it's totally cool. I love that we we take things and we take the conversation and it evolves. Um, but. Back to that before we wrap up. Um, If you could do it all over again, would you do anything differently? This is going to sound so cliche, but I would have hired somebody sooner. Um, Yeah. I had been in the financial position to be able to do it for a while, but I think with me feeling like I just can't give up control of my business, Mm -hmm. which the reality is I had control of my business even when I hired Heather, right? You still have control over everything. But it's that trusting somebody to take your baby and take Mm -hmm. care of it and present your business to somebody else in a positive way that was really scary for me. And so I just had this complete lack of trust for really anybody when it came to things. Um, Uh So it really was such a blessing for Heather to reach out um, because I was at that point where I was just in a complete state of overwhelm. And so... Mm -hmm. I think if I could have changed anything, I would have just hired somebody sooner and just taken the plunge. Um, You know, the stars aligned and I'm thankful that Heather was who I ended up with. But Mm -hmm. I think if you're just, if you're feeling stuck and you're feeling like you have hit a wall and that you can't possibly take on anything else, really look into your numbers, look in and see if you can hire somebody to help you. Um, Mm -hmm. Because once you get that help, you'll be able to go to that next level and you'll be able to free up that mental space to pursue other things that you want to pursue. Um, and I think for me, that was such a game changer in my business. And I was able to accomplish things that I never thought I would be able to. Um, but it was only because I had that extra help that I was able to, to take it to that level. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for joining me today. It was wonderful having you. I really enjoyed the conversation in all of the topics that we've gone over. And I'm seriously, I'm going to be like, start looking for virtual assistants because I thought about it for a while. And then I was like, but do I really? And now you've convinced me. I'm like, no, fuck it. I don't care if I'm retiring next year. I'm going to go out with a bang that, you know, the next 12 months between now and October 15th, because it's in the universe. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this a hundred percent. And even if I have to raise my rates, <laughs> that's fine. I can yeah. Do that. And I yeah. mean, that's one of the things that I did when I hired Heather, I definitely raised my rates a little bit. Um, at that point it wasn't so that I could have higher margins. It was so that I could cover more, but yeah, you know, that's a whole other topic with raising rates oh, and yeah. what it takes to be able to do that and do it successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's just somebody who can help you um, with creating marketing materials or, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't even have to be a client experience type thing. It can just be helping you if whatever it is that you don't feel like you're the best at. Like I, mm-hmm. I love um, the business aspect of being a business owner. I love the numbers. I love creating things that help you grow, but I I don't like doing emails. I just, I don't like Mm, it. mm -hmm. And I knew that that was a a thing that I really needed help with. So whatever it is in your business that you need help with, that you just don't feel like that's where you excel. That's what I would put my virtual assistant to work doing so that I can do things that I enjoy doing. Then that Mm -hmm. brings the joy into your job. Uh And I think that when you have that feeling of just like, passion and you're excited, things will automatically start to grow in ways that you didn't really even realize you wanted to grow Mm -hmm. because people can see that you're excited. People can feel that you're excited. Um, So anything that you feel like you just, it's not where your passion lies. It's not what you're good at. It's not what you feel like you excel at. Just kind of push that off onto them. <laughs> That's their exactly. job. Exactly. Yeah. And outsource then you do it. The fun stuff. Yep. Yeah. Outsource it. That's how you know Fortune 500 companies got to Fortune 500 companies. It's you know, was it like Microsoft and Apple and you know these things? They they started in a garage with a person. And they became what they became because they learned how to delegate and they learned how to outsource and say, I don't know everything about running a business. I'm good at these things. Now I need help. Now I need somebody else. Now I need a virtual assistant or now I need a business coach or now I need somebody to teach me how to be more comfortable and competent on camera. I need somebody to manage my social media or teach me how to manage social media. If you're feeling overwhelmed with it, there's a million courses out there to teach you social media. There's not a whole lot specifically for the bridal beauty industry. There are, you know, but it's like, if that's what you need help with, invest in yourself because you can't, you can't become a fortune 500 company by still staying by yourself in your garage. Yep. Absolutely. So, well, thank you again so much. We will wrap this up for today. Thank you to Laura and thank you to everybody who's listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show us some love. Leave me a review on the Apple Podcasts app. Send me a DM inside of Instagram. You can find me at Beauty Biz Collective. And Laura, what's your Instagram as well? Um, At Laura Henderson underscore makeup. Awesome. So reach out to either one of us. We would love to hear your feedback on the episode. And thank you so much again for listening. 
Are you feeling overwhelmed with the daily inbox tasks needed to keep your bridal business running smoothly? Do you struggle to keep all your emails, files, contracts, and invoices organized and your brides on a schedule for payments and prep before the wedding day? Do you find it frustrating and time-consuming communicating with your bride's vendors and following up for photos or reviews? Well, then you need a CRM system, my friend. A client relationship management system will help save you hours of your time and grow your relationships with your brides and her vendors so that you can turn your past brides into the ultimate referral machine. HoneyBook is my preferred system and I have been using it for years. I'm sure you've heard of it by now as it's one of the top CRMs in the bridal industry today. Maybe you've tried it before but found the system for setting it up time-consuming or complicated. Well, I've got just the solution for you. I've created the perfect training to walk you through step-by-step how I set up my HoneyBook backend to keep me organized, optimized, and automated so that I'm saving so much time running my bridal hair and makeup business and seriously upgrading my client experience. Head to www.swearsanddoeshair.com HoneyBook for information on how you can access this training as well as an amazing offer to get started with HoneyBook yourself. I'm even sharing my entire email series templates with you so you can not only wow your brides from first contact, but also get your HoneyBook up and running even faster. Use coupon code PODCAST at checkout and save 50% off the training for a limited time. So now tell me, are you Googling Chief Happiness Officer right now? Or maybe you're using more traditional terms like virtual assistant or administrative assistant. Whatever terms you're using, make sure that you're using the information that you learned in today's podcast about how to effectively source, hire, and train somebody to help you run the back end of your business. I'd love to connect with you and learn more about your process, so make sure you send me a DM on Instagram at beautybizcollective and let me know how the search for that perfect VA is going for you. Or if you want to reach out to Laura and ask her a bit more about how she did it, what she did, uh, feel free to go ahead and reach out to her on Instagram as well. And as always, if you loved today's episode, please help support today's podcast by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.